Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the uh, Lakers Lounge. This is not a lowdown. This is a Lakers Lounge episode. Reason being, I am joined by Raj Chapalu. Uh, he was just marveling at the fact that outside my window right now, it is 37 degrees. And he was saying how you know freezing it is because it is like, what, 67 outside for you right now? It's 67. You, I don't know what make it. I don't know what it is outside, but it's 71 degrees in my house. And I went to go grab a sweater for this podcast. So it, <laughs> it's cold. Uh, you know what? You know what wasn't cold? Hmm. Both the Lakers and the Raptors closing that game. No, like they were just <laughs> freaking. Dennis Schroeder was making, he was banking in three pointers. You had Pascal Siaka making a, a three from the corner. You had Cam Reddish make a big three down the stretch there. Austin Reeves made one from 30 feet. Um, a game that was a bit of a slog for most for most of it, um, all of a sudden opened, you know, and, and turned into a shootout. And uh the Lakers were able to come out on top, though, uh, to the tune of 132 to 131. The Raptors made a three there at the very end. So those of you who had Lakers minus one and a half, that's a tough loss. That's the kind of thing like that you lose that one, you lose that way, and you like reconsider gambling for a little bit. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you just you just you question some life choices and you have to explain to your wife <laughs> why you're pissed that the Lakers won by only one point. Um no, that and was like, that was a have, have I told you the one time I gambled on the NBA? This is the one time I did it. So this was like three years ago, and we were in Vegas. Uh, me and my mom, I think, we were on vacation in Vegas, and the Warriors and Grizzlies were playing a playing game. And I was like, there's no way the Warriors lose this playing game. And I'm in Vegas, and I'm, like, feeling good. So I go downstairs to the casino, and I think I go put 200 on the Warriors. And Ja Morant hits like six threes in this game. And Ja was like a 29% three-point shooter, I think, at this time. And these aren't like spot-up. These are like off-the-dribble pull-up threes. And I told myself, never again. The Grizzlies won that playing game. And then we obviously beat the Warriors in the, in the, in the next playing game. But I was like, never again. The Grizzlies beat the Warriors in a damn playing game. And I just lost $200 for no reason. 
and I, I didn't enjoy one bit of a really fun Warriors Grizzlies playoff playing game that night. <laughs> it's it's like I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch basketball this way. Yeah, it was an incredible game, and I was miserable. I was like, damn it, no, <laughs> like every single possession. Um, Who so, do you yeah, think no, was I... more upset about that loss? You or Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably close. Are you a gambler? Like, do you ever, do you ever like, do you ever, you know, not at all? Because I could picture no. you at a, at a, uh, I could picture you at like a, a blackjack table. Cause you know, I, mm-hmm. I could see you studying how to do it, knowing that you're going to Vegas. You're like, all right, at some point I'm going to have to play some, some, some blackjack. You study it, you buy a book, you rewatch some, some, some tape of some hands and stuff like that. And you, you nail down the strategy and you sit down at the table and uh, you have things going well. You know how you can get the table against the dealer. You have it all set up. All of a sudden, <laughs> one person gets up, another person sits down, and that person immediately splits like queens or something like that. And you just look over so innocently and just be like, why? Because <laughs> they just fucked up the entire math of the table. Like it's, That's the scene I picture of you <laughs> gambling in Vegas. The only gambling I do in Vegas, and this is free game like for $5 anyone who wants a hand. Yeah, no, so this is, this is free game for anyone who wants it. And maybe just people do this anyway. But like you know, at the in Vegas, um, they have the bars with the casino game on it. And yeah. so I found out recently that like recently. they give you free if they give you free drinks if you play those games, and there's no there's no like minimum that you need to play. So like what I. So you just like you well, can put it some, some 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 casinos will hold you to a minimum. Like there is like a a, a hand a minute type of minute or a, so, a minimum there. So what I learned is you just have to be playing. So one time the guy's like, "Hey, you're not even playing." I was like, oh, "Okay, like let me get back and start playing." But like, yeah. So they just want to know that you're at least playing. But like, I'll put a twenty in. Like yeah. maybe like I'll win like a dollar, lose a dollar, like back and forth on. I, I'll just play the. Uh, I'll just play blackjack. Blackjack on the thing, and then um yeah, you'll get like two, three drinks out of it, and then you can just cash right out for anyone who's like looking for a uh easy way to get drinks in uh in Vegas. Ron's just like happily giving away some of the easiest known or the most known secrets in the world. <laughs> this is like this I can't was, judge because that is my favorite thing to do. Also, okay, I actually so other people do I'll this. I didn't know. I'll go into like the 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 high limit room and do it there because it's like a little quieter. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, and they have better wine usually in those rooms, and that's and that's how I do it. But no, enough enough about that. The Lakers yes. got a huge win, um, or they didn't lose a or and miss out on a giant opportunity. Um, Justin Tindall writing in here and, and summarizing the game: four Toronto starters scored over twenty at better than fifty percent from the field. Every Toronto player played more than 15 minutes, scored double figures. They have 15 wins. Thank God Pirtle didn't play. <laughs> you know what? I can't disagree. I can't disagree on that last one. Uh, AD went off. Uh, he finishes mm-hmm. the game with uh, 41 points, 11 boards, six assists, a block, a few turnovers, whatever. 13 of 17 from the field, which is big boy numbers, um, two of two from, from three-point range, and 13 of 14 from the free-throw line. Offensively, Raj, that's about as good a game as you're ever going to see from somebody, right? Especially from AD. AD was incredible. I just like the insistence on giving him the basketball, and I thought we kind of lost that a little bit. Toronto uh, sent two at him after, I believe, the first quarter. I think he had like 17 or 16 points in the first seven for nine um, before even the fourth quarter. And yeah, he just looks, I'd argue, Anthony, this is the best basketball that he's played as a Laker, just like in terms of this stretch of, of basketball that he's played. I don't think there's another time where he's been a Laker where he's played this well, other than maybe the 2020 playoffs, which was more just jump shot kind of reliant. Um, but no, they went to him every single time. I thought Toronto doubled him and, very strategic ways that kind of took away the paint. Toronto was like plus 12 inside, I believe, going into the fourth. They sent doubles. They had Vando cutting. He was kind of kicking out to guys, kicking out to shooters that were cold. Austin was missing 
Um, but AD got the defensive player of the year stop at the end on Scotty Barnes. He was switching mm-hmm. out on Siakam. He was protecting the rim. And then uh, we were looking at it like, oh, yeah, he was only has like 20 points or something going into the fourth quarter. And, yeah, he finishes with uh, 41, 11, and 6. Just a monster, monster night um, from AD. I, he's he's special, man. And I, I hope the Lakers can collect some wins to, like, get him into these MVP and DPOI conversations. Um, but he's held his own. He's carried the team so far, and one of the, one of another just monster monster night from him for sure. We'll talk more about AD here in a second. Elsewhere in this game, uh, it was funny. We were sitting there, we're like, hey, it feels like a bit of a quiet game here for LeBron. Mm-hmm. He finishes in 35 <laughs> minutes, <clears throat> eight of 17 from the field, uh, two of five from three point range, four of six from the line, uh, five boards, 12 assists, 22 points, and we're like kind of a quiet game you look at like all of the raptors that you would say played really well in this one pascal siakam 25 points four rebounds three assists scotty barnes 26 points three rebounds six assists rj barrett 23 points uh 10 rebounds five assists uh emmanuel quickly who fouled out 21 points five rebounds five assists you're like man all of those guys look like at various Mm points like man this guy's killing us this guy is playing really, really well. This guy's having an incredible game, right? In RJ Barrett's case, that's like one of the better lines that you're going to see him in in all yeah. aspects of the game. And no, LeBron's just like, yeah, I, I I didn't play my best, but I guess I'll throw together a 22, 12, and five uh, line. And <clears throat> you know, one thing that um, I'm always looking out for um, with with the Lakers while LeBron is there is like, how do they respond to the various tones that he sets? Right. So against the Clippers, he plays really hard, really physically. He like gets up and defends Kawhi has that thunderous dunk on Paul George Mm -hmm. and, and the Lakers kind of pick up on that vibe and go out and beat a really good Clippers team in this one. It was like one of LeBron's more kind of passive games, right? Again, the line looks incredible, but like when, when you're watching it, it didn't feel like his fingerprints were everywhere in the way that you would normally see it. So I was kind of anticipating a bit of a step back in terms of response to tone. And and yeah, like the Lakers probably should have beaten the Raptors without Pirtle by a little bit more. But I thought, though, that like they did a really good job in this game. Austin Reeves didn't play very well. You had that that the kind of weird game here from LeBron. I thought despite that weird tone that the Lakers really played well and played hard and, 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 and I thought kind of understood as the game went on the gravity of the situation, you can't lose this game. Yeah, for sure. And I think the minutes kind of tell you that as well, right? AD gets up to 39 minutes. Um, LeBron plays his 35 and then you had the, all the like kind of very situational subs like Darvin Ham trying to protect the defense. D'Lo playing well, still only hits around 16 minutes. Um, Cam plays around 22. So I think you saw that kind of the urgency with how much he played the guys. Um, but I was going to push back on the, like, I think Toronto is better than their record suggests. Like they're 15 and 21. I think coming into this game, I just like, I don't really look at that with them. They've played a lot better, especially since the trade. They just blew out the Warriors a few games ago. RJ had like 39, eight and five in that game. And again, tonight he was really good. Um, RJ Barrett goes, uh, he finishes with, like you said, 23 and 10 and five. Like he's just had a perfect fit with them. Pascal Siakam's having a strange situation, but he shot 10 of 17, had a mid-range pull-up over 80. So like, and and Scotty Barnes played 40 minutes just to show like how much they wanted this game as well. And Barnes, 26, all those guys shot from three. So I thought this was like a really solid game, even if the numbers don't really bear that out. Toronto made some runs. They went up, I believe, eight at the most with like some Gary Trent Jr. threes who he was also four for six. This was a really, really solid win to me. I think Toronto's better than the record, even without Jakob Pertl and, um, the other, I think they had one more center out as well. I think this was a really solid win, and Toronto always plays us well. I'm pretty sure AD has like his lowest scoring margins against them, and that's a lot to do with Nick Nurse, but that has a lot to do also with Toronto's personnel. They have a lot of switchable wings, and um, you're mm-hmm. making the point, I believe, on on all access during the Clipper game that uh, Austin is going to struggle against these like big kind of wings that can chase him around ball screens, and Toronto's another team that does that. Uh, they throw a lot of big wings at him, and he had a tough time kind of getting his, getting his offense going. 
um, and he got going late. So I thought this is a really, really big, tough win that they had to get, and I thought you saw that with the minutes, and you saw that with the game plan that was executed. Funny thing about the LeBron thing, Anthony, I thought it was like, I think it shows a lot that down the stretch, they still went to Austin, even with the rough night that he was having. He still had the ball late. It was still him controlling. I think that's massive. I think that, you know, shows something. That's that's an important detail here, like that they really trust him with the ball, even in games where he's really not shooting well from anywhere. Um, I thought that was big and just shows a level of trust that they have in him. And then Darvin kind of going back to him at the in you know in late game situations and he came through. But no, it's a huge win. I think this is a solid win. I'm higher on Toronto than I think most. I love the quickly and Barrett kind of addition for them. But yeah, it's big solid win and and a fun win with a lot of scoring. We got a scoring high game, Anthony. When's the last time the Lakers dropped 132 points? Like it's been yeah. forever. We've been watching these damn defensive battles, and I love defense, but like sometimes you gotta win a. a barn burner i think they call it like sometimes you gotta win a you gotta win a barn burner and they, and they did tonight uh i'm i'm <clears throat> i'm having an out-of-body moment right now as my large adult son max is at the podium <laughs> we have a max christie podium game let's go look at this <laughs> my my dreams have come true um you mentioned the fact that the lakers went back to austin and we'll come back to that here in a little bit but I actually thought the more notable, like go away from comeback mm-hmm. to um, development was actually with AD where he has that great first quarter, right? Yeah. <clears throat> what do you have? Like 20 points in the first quarter or something like that? Or 17, I, I believe. 17, and then had 21 going in the fourth. Yeah. And then, and then like you're watching in the second and third quarters, you're like, okay, when are you going to get him? Like <laughs> when, where did he go? Are we going to have another one of these games? And I thought it was um, both great to see from the Lakers' perspective collectively that they would go back to that and remember, oh, yeah, that's right. Thaddeus Young is guarding Anthony Davis. We should maybe get him more involved and keep him involved. But also I think from AD's perspective where when he caught the ball in the fourth quarter, he had bad intentions, right? Like every time he was catching the ball, he was trying to get to the rim he was every time he was setting a screen, he was setting good hard screens and then running to the front of the rim. Um, it was good to see AD, you know, we how many games, Raj, have we seen where he has that great first quarter? And then you look at the end of the game, you're like, where, where, what ha- where did yeah. he go? Um, but the fact that the Lakers went back to him, you know. When I when I do these things, obviously we we analyze the game for what it is, and we look at some developments in that game, and we try to explain why a game turned out the way that it did. But for me, <clears throat> if you're doing this, if you're analyzing these games, you have to also do do that with like the macro in mind. And for me, mm-hmm. the macro takeaway of holy shit, the Lakers figured out a way to go back to Anthony Davis. That is a pretty big development. We haven't seen that nearly often enough. For sure. And I think a big part of that as well. Um, and I, I said the Lakers needed counters from the team when teams sent help. But biggest thing, Anthony, to me is, and I'm going to keep like beating this drum, is that 80s re, uh, re-entering the jump shot into his shot diet. He had a pick and pop, big jumper, I believe, late in the fourth. He had a jab step three, right? And I think it's just a lot for AD to try to just barrel to the rim every single time for 40 minutes a game. Like, that's a lot, especially the amount of help that Toronto is sending. So him being able to just implement the jumper, uh, implement floaters, get to the line. He had, what, 14 free throws tonight. Like, I think that all uh is all part of his game and when he can when he can put his jump shot in the game it allows him to attack the basket more allows him to be defended differently allows him to attack um closeouts and that's why you saw that toronto has to kind of play up on him if not if he's if he's just not shooting at all if his jump shot is just not a part of his game then teams can kind of sit back in the paint and wait for him but now his game has kind of evolved and this is part of why i think he's better than he's ever been as a laker because his passing is so much better like he has six assists tonight like he, yeah. uh, like uh, he probably could have had ten if teams were hitting. But I just like his reads are a little bit better now. Toronto throws a bunch of wings at you where you have to be patient with your reads, and I think he's so much better at that where he can kind of collect a double team versus like being a fire alarm when a double team comes. How many times when we played Toronto in the past, a double team would come and AD would have to spin on a pivot three times before kicking it out to a far cross court pass, and now he's getting the double team and reading 
and uh, manipulating a defense versus just kind of obliging by what they give him. Um, and yeah, I think that that's all a part of it as well. And that's why they were able to go back to him. LeBron threw him the, in the post and it helps Anthony to have Thaddeus young be your main defender like that. That helps somewhat as well. Having Thaddeus young and Siakam be the switch. And even Scotty Barnes, who's a really good defender. He kind of went through in the fourth, but I think the jump shot is so pivotal um, to, to being part of this, to him being 13 for 17 is that you can't get 17 to 20 shots up. If you don't shoot outside the paint, like it's really, really yes. hard. Even a guy mm-hmm. like Giannis will come up and just take a free throw mid range pull up and it will drive bucks fans crazy. But like what he's doing is keeping himself in rhythm in offensive rhythm. And that's why AD needs to take the jab step threes. He needs to take the pick and pop jump shots, not for that to be the, his main threat just to keep him in an offensive rhythm. And I think that's why he was able to come back in the fourth and, Drop twenty points in the fourth, man, just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I think that I think that's a big part of it as well. Yeah, I, I and and it's why for so long you and I would come on here and be like, I know it's <clears throat> right. It's I talked about this with Tim, right, with with Cranjus from from the Lakers Exceptionalism Pod. Something I talk with Aaron about all the time, right? It's not the more efficient shot. It's not the most efficient shot that AD mm-hmm. can always take, but it is the kind of shot that keeps him involved in the game and keeps him in the flow of the game and keeps him um, engaged, yep. especially when he makes those jumpers, you really see like a different kind of light go on behind his eyes where it's like, Ooh, I really got it. And it doesn't have to be those like fade away 17 footers that, yeah. yeah, they're impossible to block, but it's difficult, difficult shot to go up. You see those jab step threes. You see those rhythm mid-range uh catch and shoot uh jumpers and stuff. Like the the adding those different aspects and those different looks to his game makes him such a different offensive player and it's why I was like begging for him to keep shooting him even while it wasn't the most efficient shot because it the payoff it, is a game like this the payoff to him taking those shots when they aren't the most effective and the most efficient is a game like this where he is able to stay in engaged in the game and and he can see one of those shots go down over the course of it and he can be confident taking that shot late also i think it has a real impact on his free throws like yeah him knocking down jumpers like that and staying in rhythm as a jump shooter or just as a shooter when he goes to the free throw line that isn't the first time he's putting that kind of motion on the ball. And, and, it, and, and I think that really impacts what he, again, 13 of 14 from the, from the free throw line tonight. It's, it's, it's this kind of, it's the opposite of a snake eating itself, right? It's this, it's this, uh, you know, kind of snowball that runs down the mountain. And the more that you feed it with these things, the, the more dangerous it becomes. And, and, and then you have an avalanche kind of game like you had tonight from AD. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Right. Yeah. And if we, we can just put a little, and last thing on him, like a lot of lineups tonight where uh, I think Christian, like I'd like the Christian Wood and AD units together. I think those help him as well. Kind of just play him with a, with a spacing big, the Vandal lineups are a little, a little clunky, but I think they're finding stuff to where when teams send help, because obviously teams aren't just going to let AD play one-on-one. Like just once, once your superstar starts making four, five, six field goals, like they're going to start sending two. But I think that's where the Lakers can really open up and just, create this huge they have i believe anthony they have a huge margin to like improve on offense like they're 28th i think still on offense uh, which is like washington wizards kind of level i think i've heard other analysts say um i think the place they can really kind of improve is okay when our stars get doubled or teams send help where's the help coming from and how can we take advantage i think vando being just a like 10% more aggressive offensively a part of this. And all this is kind of surrounded by AD being improved as a passer. So I'm hoping that kind of creates this improvement on offense to where now Torian's hitting shots, shout out Cam Reddish hit four, four threes tonight. But I think all the, a lot of these shots can come off of the attention that AD um, is getting offensively. So yeah, the jump shot, the post-ups, the pick and roll, it just really makes AD way more dynamic than in previous, in the last two seasons where it's really like, 80s either dunking or he's you know attacking five people in the paint and now he has like a jump shot it, it brings his handle into it and all that so hopefully hopefully this is a sign for more things to come i don't want to spend too much time on it but apparently it's going viral the um the raptors head coach is uh a little pissed apparently need to allow this 23 free throws for them and we get two free throws in in a fourth quarter like how to play the game I, all, I understand uh, respect for All-Stars and all that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is All-Star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How's that possible? How are you going to explain it that, that to me? They have to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. All right. Oh, um, wow. I don't really have – all right, so here's my thing. So the Lakers did shoot 23 free throws in that fourth period. The Raptors had to foul some, so you're going to have some of the that, – that number is going to be inflated down the stretch. So we'll say that adds like six free throws here and there. Okay. They uh the Lakers did shoot there there were some iffy calls, right? We were on the air and there was like the the AD uh you know the, the moving screen that RJ Barrett on on AD um that mm-hmm. was I think the most notable there. But also the Lakers were doing a lot of finishing at the rim themselves. Um <clears throat> I like sometimes the, like look, home court is a thing also. Like here's my thing, Raj. Okay. Every single time the Lakers have one of these kinds of wins and the free throw disparity mm-hmm. is this, you have Twitter like at large has this giant effing meltdown. Oh, yeah. see, it's rigged. It's this. Like how many, how many Twitter threads do we see when the Lakers were scratching and clawing and playing harder than the other teams that they were playing against to get into the playoffs last year? Uh, and and they and they had the free throw disparity that they did. Oh, the league definitely wants the Lakers in in the playoffs. They're doing everything they can to get the Lakers into the playoffs. Let's say that's true. Let's say okay. that it is indeed actually rigged, right? You realize the kind of scandal that would be. Like you, you realize that like this would shake professional sports to its core if the if the Lakers were actually being given extra opportunities to win these games just for the very sake of being able to, to get into the playoffs and all of that stuff. Never you mind the fact that the Lakers outplayed the the the, the Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies to the tune of, of a couple uh, series wins that they had. No credit for that. Everything always yeah. goes back to the oh, goes back to the to the to the free throw disparity here. I look 23 to 2. If that happened against the Lakers, I'd be pissed too. If I was the coach of a team <laughs> that shot only two free throws as the other team shot 23 free throws, I would also be pissed. But acting as if this is like somehow unique to the Lakers is such as disingenuous bullshit. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we? Yeah. I- I've watched the Lakers have like multiple games ended with bad calls that the league would go back and admit the next day. Whoopsie do. 
We missed that one. And somehow I don't see like the Matt Moores of the world screaming about the travesty that, that refereeing and, and, and the, and the riggedness of all of this might be somehow that doesn't happen. I miss those rants and raves when that happens, but when it's the Lakers, it's it's the worst thing that could possibly happen to the sport. What are we doing? (laughs) It was a great fucking game. Why, Why are we complaining about this? Yeah, I was not expecting that. My, my my counter always to when people bring this up, because this seeps into like regular life conversation too about basketball. This is not just a Twitter thing where, oh, it was the refs. Do you think the league, like the league had a chance last year, Anthony, if it was rigged, like if if people's beliefs on rigged, rigged games and all that, the league had a chance for Lakers Celtics in the NBA finals. <laughs> they got Nuggets heat. Now, like me and you are big fans of Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler has yeah. like a really, cultish following in terms of the people that kind of die by him but you think the league wanted that you think the league wanted nuggets no, heat like- before before the lakers Nuggets series even started somebody who i really respect adam Adis, who's a friend of the show somebody i go way back with right is going yeah. out there with these twitter conspiracy threads about like do you know how much money is at stake if the lakers make this or, or if the nuggets make this instead of the lakers and even mark cuban is like shut up dude that's bullshit it's so like, it's so freaking count the, you know, stop the count nonsense yeah. that we keep seeing from these people over and over and over again, every time. And again, if, if, if it was that consistent the other way around, like if we, if we, if like, if the Lakers had a, you know, and by the way, that happens every so often that the, sure. that the free throw count goes in the other way, because that's how this works. Sometimes referees <laughs> call a bunch in the favor of one team and don't in another. You have three referees on the court. Like sometimes one referee is going to call the game a certain way. And another referee who is tasked with calling offensive fouls or defensive fouls for the other team is going to see the game a completely different way. And that's how the discrepancy happens. And sometimes it goes in favor of the Lakers. And sometimes it goes in favor of the other team. And when it goes in favor of the other team, I don't see all of the the whining and the hemming and hawing about, gosh, man, this whole thing is rigged. Why do the other teams even play? Shut up, man. It was a great game. Like, what are we doing? Like, every time the Lakers win a really good game, it goes back to this nonsense. And we sit here and wonder why the why the NBA is getting laughed by the NFL when after every one of these really good games, you have, like, credentialed NBA media saying that this shit is rigged. Like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, Roger I did not Goodell try. would slap these people upside the head and be like, you aren't allowed to cover this anymore. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up until you actually like my sport. <laughs> and I, I did not expect that from the Toronto coach, by the way. I thought this was a really fun, like, back and forth game of two teams that really executed really well. Like, this should be the conversation tonight. Scotty Barnes was incredible. He was Dunking like Giannis. Like, I thought he looked like Giannis dunking the ball. Pascal had a really good game. R.J. Barrett looks like a freaking awesome get from them from New York. Emmanuel quickly was four for six from three. But now the conversation, Anthony, because of what the Toronto coach did, and he has more than than right to, like, feel a type of way. I don't think the free throw disparity was as crazy. Once you, like, look, like, get into all the intentional fouling they had to do, Anthony Davis was, like, kind of a monster inside. So his 14 free throws are kind of – I put those to the side anyway. But, you know, go ahead. Go complain. But, yeah, now that's the story. The story is that instead of – yeah, this Toronto team played really freaking well against a Laker team that was uh, desperate to win – and they're all their guys played really, well, but that's not the story anymore. And I'm I'm disappointed in that. I, I was not expecting that from the Toronto coach. Um, and yeah, no one was saying these things, Anthony. We were three and ten. Where was the free throw rigging then? Where was that? Yeah. Where was it then? Uh, I'm sure the league wanted us to lose at home to Memphis. I'm sure that was. A, yeah. I'm sure if that if the rigging was part of the conversation. So hopefully, hopefully it right. doesn't doesn't carry too. Let's much. get back to let's get back to 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 this one. Um. An interesting thing happened over the course of this one. Austin Reeves didn't play very well over the course of the game. He finished with a three of he finished three of ten uh, from the field, one of six from three point range. The one that he did make right was that really deep three pointer that he made in the fourth period. Four of four from the free throw line, seven assists, eleven uh, points, and finished the game. D'Angelo Russell, uh, who thoroughly I thought outplayed Austin throughout this game. In 17 points, he scored 11, or in, in 17 minutes, he scored 11 points, was a plus seven in this game. Um, two of six from three point range, four of eight from the field, five assists. 
Um, and again, like I said, thoroughly outplayed him, did not close out this game. And I'm, I'm looking to confirm this and I'm, I'm going to see if I can see if, uh, you know, Lakers media is tweeting about this, but apparently Delo again declined to speak to the media. Um, he wow. did so after a big win against the Clippers and now does so again after a big win over the uh, Toronto Raptors. And you know what? I sympathize here with D'Lo. I, I really do. Um, I, you know, you would hope that over the course of a game, if you outplay your counterpart, that you would get the opportunity for a few more minutes there, especially late in the game. Uh, the, the, the Lakers were just better while he was out there. Um, he and Max Christie, I, I think, uh, really outplayed Cam and Austin as a as a kind of backcourt tandem or whatever. Um, I, and, you know, my concern here is, and you made this point on, on um, playback tonight, like if you're D'Lo, yeah, you understand when you go to the bench, you're, you're going to play fewer minutes. But if you're D'Lo, you're still a professional, you're still competitive, and you, you did outplay Austin in this one. It doesn't send the best message uh, to go back to Austin late in this game. And it worked. The Lakers won. That's all that winds up mattering here. But I do understand where D'Lo is coming from when he's like, look, these, I only have to be here for a few more weeks at worst anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm, see, I'm not as cynical, hopefully, as like saying like that it was, you know, intentional or anything like that. But yeah, I feel bad for him because uh, if he doesn't close tonight, Anthony, he was four for eight. Five assists, eleven points in um seven in sixteen minutes, actually sixteen minutes and thirty seconds. Like I, I don't know when he'll ever close. So I understand from his perspective of like I'm just looking at this human element of D'Lo where he knows he's a free agent this summer, right? In terms of his like he can become a free agent. And free agents just you just you just don't get paid as well coming off the bench. That's just how it works. Starters get paid yeah. more than reserves. So like keeping him in this reserve role directly, you know, impacts his next contract. I don't like Darwin's not doing that, you know, intentionally, but it's just, that's the reality of it. Um, yeah. I, I feel for him there, but like you said, like once you come off the bench, it's kind of, it's like, it's kind of a license to have your minutes kind of yanked with, cause you're no longer assured two full stints plus like one more probably as a, as a starter. Um, but I, I really like him in this bench role, Anthony. I'm disappointed. I don't know why he's not speaking to media. I'm hoping that's just, something that he has other things to do hopefully oh, then yeah, like absolutely. him to help let me hopeful let me be let me live in this universe for a little bit um <laughs> it's about one normal damn like month of you want me to Lakers you want me to basketball. like all right sauce raj guess what the sausage yeah. is being made right over there yeah no. you look the I'm other way <laughs> i'm getting out of the kitchen it's too hot in here um, it's way too hot. Uh, no, but like, it's funny because this is actually an awesome role for him. And Austin is actually more yeah. reliant on our stars than he is. Like he has, a, he has way more capability of like functioning as the sole kind of ball handler in a unit. And you brought up him and Max. It's a really nice pairing because they kind of are yin and yang where like Max is the athletic guard and D'Lo can be his like, lack of better term, unathletic self. Like he can just be the skill guard um, uh, yeah. in that lineup. And they surround that with like Christian Wood and, you know, an AD and Vando or, you know, or Cam Reddish. And I think it's just a really nice spot for him to sit in. Um, but yeah, I would like him to close. I don't like the messaging that it sends him. And, and especially with like, forget Austin, even the other guys like Cam Reddish would have likely closed this game, Anthony, if he doesn't get um, probably in con uh, like get hit in the head, he probably closes over D'Lo as well. But D'Lo's found a nice like spot here, and I think this team needs him. I like I I think D'Lo's production is extremely necessary on this team. Eleven and like five is still probably lower. Like probably sixteen and six is something they need from D'Lo every night. And I really like the kind of bench um, rotation that they've kind of landed on. I just I hope that they can kind of keep D'Lo engaged. That was my worry about him going to the bench was. Can you keep him engaged still? And I'm, I'm, and it seems like it has. He was talking crap to RJ Barrett, right? Like, when was the last time D'Lo was talking yeah. crap to another player? He was absolutely engaged in this game. He was giving, like, body shots to Dennis Schroeder. Like, they were having a back and forth, which was nice. Like, I I, I like I like um, Chirpy D'Lo. I like that. Like, I like him. That's part of his game. That's part of the swagger. It's part of the juice that he brings. Um, and I hope they can keep him engaged. So, hopefully he speaks, you know, next time they do media on, on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> he had to run out get dinner for the family you know get it hustle back home 
<laughs> that's how, that's how you have this like going just... he was hungry yeah. and it was like 10 o'clock probably hasn't had dinner yet you know what i mean so you I know what uh, if he keeps doing this eventually he's gonna get fined right and the longer that he keeps doing this the more noticeable it is that he isn't talking and again i haven't seen okay there it is yovan yovan tweeted it out d'angelo russell has declined to speak with the media for the second for a strike second straight game so there's the confirmation, whatever. And and the longer that he keeps doing this, the more attention he brings to the fact that he may not be happy with this role. And it winds up being like, here's here's where you do find the snake kind of eating itself. It, you know, that you're 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 helping yourself in that you don't have to answer these questions, you don't have to, you know, talk to these people that you don't like you don't like anyway. But you're quenching your hunger with the your own tail and you're actually hurting yourself by by you know your approach to solving this problem um we'll see what this looks like and and all of this stuff i do know that like earlier in the season there was some uh frustration in the locker room directed it at d'angelo russell for his handling of trade rumors right at the beginning of the zach levine thing and then um, you know, he comes back from injury and I think has played really well in this role coming off of the bench, but he doesn't see himself as a bench player. And, um, and this is me speculating. I don't know this for sure, but you know, uh, again, uh, this is a guy who, and I I've talked about this on the show a lot, who has been traded by every team that has employed him. And, um, you know, sees the writing on the wall once again. Uh, after, by the way, he has a Lakers birthday <clears throat> Lakers birthday party for his kid earlier this offseason. And maybe this is his breaking point. Maybe this is where he says, you know, the, the, every, every NBA player will say, well, the NBA is a business. We understand this is a business, the, you know, business, business this and business that. And in this case, maybe this is just, you know, it's it's he he's reached his breaking point, and he doesn't want to deal with that business anymore, at least for the time being. And and uh, look, worst come worst case scenario, he only has to deal with that business side of things here in L.A. for another few weeks. Um, on the bright side of things, my large adult son Max, mm. look at this guy. Max Christie plays 18 minutes, two of two from the field, one of one from three-point range, uh, split his two free throws that he went up and shot. Six points was a plus five in this one, four boards, two assists, um, no turnovers in this one, uh, and and just continues, I think, to kind of scrape the number of yep. uh, minutes away from, from, say, Cam Reddish or other guys ahead of him. Um, I thought coming into this season that eventually there would be uh, a real conversation about Max Christie and whether he should start. And I think we've arrived. I think we have yeah. uh, formally and officially arrived here where uh, I think Max is just a better basketball player than Cam Reddish. I like his fit in the backcourt uh, as somebody with a little more foot speed to, to guard the guys that you don't want Austin guarding with your starters. Um, now the the floor spacing isn't great, but I don't think there's any, you know, noticeable difference in that regard between Austin and Cam. Uh, I, I think we've arrived, Raj. I think I think it's time for Max to start. He yeah, closed. I remember he closed he, in a game that the Lakers absolutely needed to win. He did. I think this is his first game he closed. I remember, you know, summer league. You were kind of touting out Max Christie a lot. I was, you know, rewatching the summer league games. I knew it would it would pay off. I knew eventually. And Max Christie is part of like my favorite type of like fandom where you see a guy grow. You get to watch from like him drafted to him running the summer team to now being a super productive player. And yeah, I think he's just better than Cam Reddish as a basketball player. He had a shot tonight, Anthony, which there's no way he takes three weeks ago. Um, they were, uh, they went to a zone against us, I believe in like the third quarter. And then Max Christie gets the ball and he just jab steps and realize he's open and just takes a three and he drills it. Like, like it's something he's supposed to do. Like it was just in the yeah. flow 
I was like, yeah, that's it right there. Like the confidence for him, I think he's a better shooter than even he gives himself credit for. He was two for, uh, oh, that was, yeah, he was one for one. So I guess that was the only three he took, but he just looks like he plays um, in the flow. And his defense to me, he's not as much of like a chaos creator as Cam Reddish is or even Vando is, but he's more of like a technically sound defender. I think he's our most, yeah, he's our most he's fundamental. He's a lot steadier. Yeah, he's our most fundamental and technically sound defender. Like, if you watch him, like, if a coach is going to teach how to play defense, I think they would kind of point more to, like, Max Christie in terms of, like, this is how you slide your hips, this is how you get around, this is how you body up to make sure, like, they can't take advantage of you. Um, he's just been really solid. It was cool to watch him close and him to earn that, right, to watch him earn those minutes. It was kind of thought of that he would be part of the rotation, maybe out of the rotation, but he's really earned a spot, and he's kind of, going in a upward trajectory like he looks like he's getting better he's getting stronger he's getting more confident he had like ball handling uh duties as well in the fourth quarter he brought it up ran a ball screen with ad hit the pocket pass on the money and ad hit the jump shot like just little things like that and i just love him next to another skill guard like he was running point because all our guards were out at one time so like he was the backup point guard and i just love him next to like a d-lo next to a austin um he's really solid he just has to play and what did what did he finish with? 18 minutes. That's probably around the right kind of ratio with versus him and Cam. Plant Cam played 22. Max played 18. I, I like their minutes kind of split, and then you can kind of lean into whoever's playing better. Max was uh, Cam was shooting well, so I understood why he kind of continued to play. But Max has been really good. Man, it's exciting. Um, Lakers found another one. It feels like and just like he raises our athletic floor. And you know what I mean? Like so many of our yeah. like guards are just. Uh, unathletic to put it, no, it's for like to couldn't find a nicer term to put it, but like Max Christie just raises your athletic floor. Like he catches the ball in, inside the paint and he can like stand, he can like stand and dunk. And I know that sounds very simplistic, but it's important in an offense that struggles so much to find any type of easy looks. It's important to have a guard when he catches in the paint can finish and go up and try to dunk on somebody. That's stuff that's important and gets you easy looks. So I'm excited about Max. So excited. I, I feel like his minutes should be continue to go up. It'd be interesting when Rui gets back. But yeah, you're a uh, is it grandson or adult son or which, whichever large son it is. Son, is yeah. Large adult um, is uh is yeah. here. So one, I love how when you even vaguely criticize players, you like kind of curl up a little bit and you and you talk as if they are standing right there. Like you <laughs> <laughs> For lack of a yeah. better term, you're a little unathletic. I'm sorry. Like, it's like, it's like... Try to put it nicely. Yes. I think D'Lo knows. I think he knows he's a little slow. That's like, fair. Yeah. He's been himself for quite some time. Um, but, uh, two, another disclaimer here is that Max probably only finished this one because Cam uh, got hit upside the head, right? Um, yeah, pretty clearly to be concussed. He's probably going to be in the concussion protocol for a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, as such, Max stepped in. But again, this is a game that the Lakers absolutely needed to win. When you look at their schedule yep. coming up and you look at some of the games that the Lakers have dropped before, this was not one that they could just like, ah, oh, shoot, shit happens, I guess. They couldn't look at this this way. Um, Cam had options that he could have gone with there. Um, and he chose to go with Max instead of, you know, when, when Cam came out of the game with that concussion or what looked to be a concussion uh, and Max played well, you know, and this is a, you know, he has guys at his position that he had to guard there, right? He was guarding Gary Trent Jr. He was guarding um, Dennis Schroeder a little bit here and there. He's a big part of all of the switching and length that the Lakers were trying to utilize out there defensively to, to wrap things up and and um, and looked right at home trying to execute in what became a, a shootout, right? Normally, if Max is going to play well, it's because the game is kind of mucked up. You get out in transition, and he looks good there. But he looked just fine in in uh, a game that felt like it really it had real stakes attached to it. So, um yeah, that's a big development. If 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 he continues to develop and the Lakers have somebody at his position, right? A shooting guard type player who can guard uh, you know, the the Anthony Edwards of the world, the uh yeah, I guess Jamal Murray's of the world, the you know, and and and, and look, he's not gonna shut any of those players down. They're special offensive players. You don't shut those guys down. 
but he is an option that the Lakers don't have elsewhere on their roster. Torian Prince, his feet don't move like that. Uh, Cam Reddish, uh, you know, comes and goes, I think, with that and can defend like that. But like you said, he's more of, like you said, like a, a disruptor. I love that term for him. Um, Max yeah. is like the only steady, quick-footed guard who you can put on those types of players. And if he turns out, if he winds up being legit, that changes what the Lakers have to do, say, at the deadline and what they have to get back whenever they trade D'Angelo Russell. The last thing on Max is that uh, the last game against the Clippers, a guy who used to torch us is Norm Powell, right? And Norm yeah. Powell really cooks these guys. Like you just you just described Cam as his chaos kind of disruptor. Norm Powell cooks those guys because like those guys like to gamble a lot, and Norm gets to the line very easily. Like he's a guy that you 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 got to be kind of fundamental on him. And Max was mm -hmm. awesome on that. I thought the Clipper game changed when Max Christie was um, taken out of the game, and I, I forgot who they went to. And Norm started to really get cooking, got a bunch of open threes, and turned that game from what should have been uh, a lot you know, a 10 point kind of to a 12 point lead to like a one point game. And, and that game got close But Max again tonight. I thought he did a really nice job on Emmanuel quickly, quickly did shoot eight of 14, you know, four of those were threes. But I thought a lot of that was kind of on broken plays or, or broken penetration. I thought he stood with them. He took contact Thought he was solid on RJ as well for a lot of these possessions. So yeah, Max is a guy that like, we just don't have a lot of two way guys, which is strange to say after a bunch of wings that we paid, but like with Rui hurt, He's really the only two-way guy, like Cam, Bando, all those guys I put in the one-way kind of box, and Max has the potential to be a two-way guy. So that's that's huge for this team. Last thing before we get out of here, he's played really, really well lately. Um, <clears throat> Christian Wood in this one, 24 minutes, 5 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from uh, three-point range, 2 of 2 from the free-throw line, uh, four boards, an assist, a steal, a block, was a plus three, uh, scored 14 points. In his last four games, he's playing about 20 minutes a game. He's scoring about 12 points a game, seven boards, a block, an assist, um, shooting about 55% from the field, um, about 62% on two-pointers, about 40% on, on three-pointers, uh, hasn't made hasn't missed a free throw in that time. Um, this is this is you know the guy that the Lakers were hoping uh he would be when they signed him, right? Mm -hmm. He has the pedigree to make a real impact on this thing. Um, he he is, he's he's more talented than a than a um, a veteran minimum type player. Uh, it's yeah. just you know with with him the question is always what are you going to get defensively? And I think he's been very good there. Um, and and what is he going to look like when his shot isn't falling? And now fortunately recently his shot has been falling, so you haven't had to worry about it as much. But I do think, though, that like he really has come around to doing some of those small things. And and, you know, a version of what we said earlier with D'Angelo Russell is like you have to reward Russell playing the way that he did with some of those late minutes. With Wood playing the way that he has, he is completely supplanted Jackson Hayes in the rotation. He is the bona fide uh, backup center who does get some minutes alongside A.D., the lineups with yeah. LeBron, AD, and Wood out there together has also looked very good and, and is very good statistically. Um, you know, I, I still have some questions about the sustainability here, but for right now, he's playing really good basketball. He is. Yeah, he looks like also he's in better shape. Like he just looks more conditioned than he did earlier in the year. Um, he looks like he knows where his shots come from. Anthony, I still don't trust whenever the jump shot goes up. Like, I just never know if that shot's ever going yeah. in or not. He took a two dribble curling pull up, you know, or not. I wouldn't say pull up because he doesn't lift off the ground, but like just a two dribble shot that pull. uh that went in. He's like, no, up, yeah, just, just pull. Just a pull <laughs> shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which kind of matches how his jump shot looks. Um, but no, yeah. he's like attacking, he's attacking closeouts now, and he's just so skilled where he can finish at the basket. Like you compare him versus like a Vando when they attack and you know he's playing next to Vando as well which I think helps him um defensively but he just gives us some size that's like desperately needed when a bunch of your like players are guards and wings you kind of miss out on some size on the back back end and he kind of gives you best of both worlds because he can play the four and the five I like him next to LeBron I think LeBron really likes having a spacing five in that second unit especially 
where you can kind of run pick and roll, have some space yep. um, inside the paint. Um, and like they're running more actions for him. They're running stuff to get him in the paint. He's also kind of drawing fouls as well, getting to the line. I just, I liked how he played and this is kind of the vision, right? That you just said, this was the vision for him kind of be this offensive threat. I'm not sure he thought he would be like collecting DMPs or all that, but 23 minutes, that's a good night for Christian Wood. I still have defensive concerns, especially against the better teams. I think they can pick on him more than like a team like even Toronto can. Uh, they put him on Scotty Barnes tonight because Barnes is another just rim seeker. And I think Christian Wood can do a fine job on that. He moves his feet well, but perimeter players he struggles with. I liked also, Anthony, they didn't switch as much tonight. Like they switched a little bit, but they didn't like give up the switch um, happily tonight. And I, I like that a little bit. Play a little bit more conventional, solid defense. And I think Christian Wood can really help you. He's protecting the rim. He's getting blocked shots. And the biggest thing is the rebounding to me. Four, four rebounds in his 20 minutes, but I, I think he just really helps tap balls out, box boxes out, and just another guy that teams have to um, be aware of inside. And he's really, you know, helping AD and LeBron out there. But yeah, great, uh, great stretch so far from Christian Wood. They they panned to Jackson Hayes today on the team. I was like, oh, Jackson Hayes is on this team. Totally forgot. <laughs> There's so many guys where, where that happens. But yeah, Christian Wood's playing playing really well. Yeah, I I like that. Essentially, you know, and, and I use this analogy often, right? If you think of a basketball team like a pitcher, you want mm -hmm. as many pitches that you could throw confidently at, at your disposal, right? Um, you know, it, it, especially as like a, if you think of a, a, a basketball team like a starting pitcher, where if you're a closer or if you're a relief pitcher, you can get away with throwing one or two pitches extremely well, right? You're only going to see a batter one time. Um, you might only see the one batter in some cases or whatever. Uh, those, some of those rules has cha have changed. But if you're the starting pitcher, you're going to go through that lineup a few times um, over the course of a game. And by the time that it, it, uh, you, you see that second batter, you can't face that batter the exact same way you did the first time around. So you have to, in some cases, uh, throw you know, an extra curveball, an extra splitter, an extra, you know, changeup or a fastball or a two-seamer and all those things. And what Wood playing like this allows the Lakers to do is have a whole bunch of pitches. If they want to go super-duper small with LeBron at the five, they can do that. If they want to go super-duper big with LeBron at the three next to AD and Christian Wood, they can do that. If they want to go with a little bit more traditional and balance things out a little bit, uh, and, and yet still space the floor, you can have Christian out there with LeBron. And, and, and you know, the more pitches that Ham feels confident in his ability to throw out there, the more effective the Lakers are over the course, course of a game. And, and, uh, and I think Wood deserves a ton of credit for playing the way that he is and, and, and thus allowing uh, Har uh, Darwin to, to throw all of those pitches. Did that I, I know it's a baseball analogy. I know that it yeah, know, it's always a risk when I when I go there and and I can kind of see you kind of drifting away and like trying to understand what it is that I'm saying. But but I promise yeah. those who have who have ever watched a sport that isn't basketball that they understood that one, I think. <laughs> I, I was just thinking how in baseball, like every player has to hit, right? So like they just have they have to hit. They have like uh well, much, like except you the, for as you have the you have the designated hitter, right? So for pitchers now, you don't they don't have to hit anymore. Okay, so just the pitcher, but everyone else has to hit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was just thinking, like, imagine in basketball where like every player had to shoot like one, <laughs> like one possession, LeBron has to shoot, and he can't shoot like <laughs> until the sixth possession going forward, right? So yeah. like LeBron shoots like damn, like, and now like the next play, someone else has to shoot. I was just <laughs> I know that's a cross sport comparison. That's how my brain nope. works. But like, well, it's actually, <laughs> I, like, I think it's actually, it's actually a bit of a problem. I think for baseball where like you have these great, 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 great players, right? The Mike Trouts of the right. world Shohei when he's just a position player, right? You can go, you know, throughout, you know, Acuna, right? Just one um, MVP last year. And I do think it's a problem in their sport that the best players on that field only get like three opportunities a game to impact the game offensively. And I yeah. do think that like, if, if baseball wants to grow, one thing that they really have to address is they want their stars to have more impact on a game by game basis than they currently do. Um, so to right. your point, like you were, you, were, I, I think, I think you were like right there as far as like, 
<laughs> you know, making a baseball point is great. Yes, that's as close as I'll get to a baseball point. Yeah, comparing it to basketball. It's as close as I get. Comparing it right back to basketball. It's also great that I said, like, you came close to making a baseball point, and you would totally call a run a point. Like, I could totally see you doing that, too. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely <laughs> you actually touch home plate. You're like, I scored a point. Like, <laughs> Oh man. All right. That is going to do it here for this episode of the, the, the Lakers uh, lounge uh, this episode, this post game episode of it. Um, Raj, this has been a blast. This has been fun. Thank you very much for hopping on and doing I, this. I, I'm, I'm so proud. We went through this whole show. Not one trade talk. Not one well, is Darvin Ham's. It's not one Darvin Ham's uh, seat, you know, warming up. Like I was, I'm, I'm proud of that. Well, not, if they lost this one, one, it would have been, we would have been right back at it again. <laughs> That's true. Um, yes. And, and no, I did mention D'Angelo Russell trade stuff. I did. Kind oh of, yeah. Know, I snuck it yeah, by you a little true. bit there, but know. no names came up. So it doesn't count. No names came up. <laughs> did you, did you like watching future Laker Gary Trent jr? Did you, did you, oh, enjoy yeah. his, his, uh, his tryout was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. That was not a, not a bad, not a bad tryout for the Lakers. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, 14 points, five of 10 from the field, four of six from three point range. That is perfectly fine by me as a Laker. Please come here and do this. Damn it. Um, <laughs> that is going to do it though for this episode of the Lakers lounge. Uh, tomorrow, Aaron and I will be here. Wait, what's today? Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, no, Aaron and I will not be here tomorrow. I will be here uh, to talk you guys through uh, the latest goings on on a in a lowdown episode. Uh, so until then and until the next time you guys hear from us, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was uh, Raj Chapalu. Check us out on Playback. Uh, All Access Lakers is where you do that. Um, and until the next time you guys hear from us, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.